Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea. I'm here today with Eric Scott. Welcome, Eric. <laughs> hey, good to be here, Chelsea. Um, and we are in the Gospels still, talking about Jesus, and this is a little bit before his ministry starts officially, but what stuck out to you today, Eric, in our reading? Well, Nicodemus uh, coming to him, he had to be really courageous to do that because other religious leaders they were just already making judgments about who Jesus mm. was or is. That's early on. Yeah, this like, early on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but here he is um, having the courage to ask questions and listen. And I think that's just such a great, it's, it's a great um, lead for, for us as followers of Jesus mm. uh, to um, not judge, but to ask questions and listen and see where the conversation uh, can take us. Yeah, and of course, his conversation with Nicodemus, out of that comes John 3.16. Um, some th- these, like, these things that Jesus is talking about to Nicodemus, especially in chronological order, we have not really heard these things before yet as we're reading the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So he's saying things like, you need to be born of the Spirit, you need to be born again. Um, and then, yeah, John 3.16, uh, God's plan for the world, which we were talking a little bit before we started recording. and. I think Jesus talking to this religious leader, this Jewish religious leader, about how God loved the world, not yeah. just the Jewish people. I think it puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus is probably like, oh, <laughs> the world. <laughs> it was striking to me where uh, where Nicodemus is saying, you know, all the, uh, you, you sent to, uh, we've seen your miraculous signs and evidence that God is with you. So it's almost like he's reading Jesus's bio in a mm. way, you know, like, these are things I know about you, you know, and then Jesus just redirects the conversation in this really radical way. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He does not beat around the bush. <laughs> he goes right there. It's yeah. It's a such a powerful conversation. Um, and you don't see the other Pharisees doing things like this. It's just Nicodemus no. is just sticks out in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, do you remember anybody ever saying that to you? I mean, I, I literally remember people saying that to me because I was like, well, you know, I, I went to church growing up. I mm-hmm. think I'm a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. And then this, I, I know there was at least several people that said, yeah, but are you born again? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't even know what yeah, that means. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, and Jesus just lays it all out there and teaches him. And man, it's just something, it's nothing like we've ever heard in the Bible so far. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus is teaching. Um, so it's super interesting. Um, and we also have the story of the Samaritan woman. Uh, so what stuck out to you in that in that story? Oh, I, I just, I love this story. I, I used it in um, when I was teaching youth ministry. And uh, the the thought, uh, one of the first things I just love is this thought, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Hmm. He had to go. Hmm. And I I, I love that because, you know, in in the Gospel of John uh, chapter 5, verse 19, it says, he only did what he saw his father 
doing, yeah. right? And uh, and so he knew that the father wanted him to walk in this place mm-hmm. where other uh, Jewish people would have seen as very uncomfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, people would circumnavigate that whole area and add miles to their trip instead of going through Samaria to get to where they needed to go to. And so uh, the, the Jesus being willing basically to 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 step right into the middle of racial tension mm-hmm. and 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 uh it, that that just I, that that stands out to me that he had to go through samaria and uh because he knew that he would meet this woman mm-hmm. at this well yeah so it's not just he didn't have to go through samaria because of like geographical location or the way you had to travel he had to do it because he was being obedient mm-hmm. um yeah that's good i never even thought about that before have you ever felt like you had to do something like that that was uncomfortable? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was the result? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, obedience always brings blessings that you don't even... Right. <laughs> I just don't even know the half of it. I um, Here's a, an, a story of that. It's just I'm waiting for the other side, but... Um, I have very tough pregnancies, as some people know. And mm. so... Um, I remember having our second child and thinking I was just like driving and thinking it would be so foolish of me (laughs) if we were to get pregnant again or try and have another baby. And then I remember feeling very strong. I don't feel as often, but very strong in my spirit or it could be really brave and obedient (laughs) to have another baby. Um, and, and here I am having our third child and I don't know what the blessing is on the other side, except we're going to have a baby. Um, but yeah, there's just uncomfortable things that you don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but obedience yeah. um to God always brings about blessings either now or eternally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um speaking of that, I was kind of going back to John the Baptist. There's a little anecdote about John the Baptist in here. Um it, it says John the Baptist exalts Jesus as the heading. Um, and it's that verse where it talks about he must become greater and I must become less. Mm. And then in verse 36, it says, anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life. Um, and I just have this strong uh, sense of just obedience and belief going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. That it's, yes, you believe and you have eternal life, but following belief is obedience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And later in, uh, in the gospel of John, Jesus actually says, if you love me, You'll obey me, right? And I, I sometimes I wonder if if that if that thinking gets buried with um, ultra grace theology, mm. you know, because Jesus came what he came in the spirit of grace and truth, mm-hmm. right? But there's this sense of uh, obedience to Christ. And and Jesus gives us this example. He's like, I have to go through Samaria. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to move in this obedience, and uh, and and we're going to see what God does with it. And and it was an amazing thing. A whole village gets saved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Jesus is just this ultimate um, example of obedience to us. Um, I think it's sometimes when you gloss, you can gloss over that and just think of um, Jesus just doing what he came to do. But it's so much more than that. Jesus is so. Um, so loves the Father that he would obey, just like we so love God, yeah. the Trinity God, that we would obey. Um, he's that example for us. 
Yeah. He takes us into uncomfortable places sometimes. Yeah, he does. He? You know? oh, <laughs> I'm kind of getting this sense that we'll just keep going there as yeah. we go through the gospels of just Jesus constantly taking us to uncomfortable places. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> I was sharing a story with my Faith Essentials class uh, a couple weeks ago about a, a guy who I, um, I, I, I confronted about. I confronted him about something, you know, he's not, he wasn't a believer and it was just kind of a crazy situation. And he was just using, you know, God's name in a really wrongful way. Mm. And, and he, and he purposely did it when he was around me. This was back when I was in the Air Force. <laughs> and so I privately, you know, shared with him, would you could please stop doing that? Mm. You know, so as I started moving into this uncomfortable position, right. And then the next day he just like went after me with a whole posse of guys mm. you know and it was like they were all like state troopers coming after me you know <laughs> and uh and, but it was really crazy uh chelsea um i went to lunch that day came back and the, the office was buzzing you know and uh and i said what's going on what happened and they said you know joe had a heart attack he's been mm. taken to the hospital this is the guy that you know got so angry and mm. everything i thought oh my goodness i've given this guy a heart attack you know and, <laughs> oh my and gosh. I, I, yeah, it was awful. And so I, I went to um, church, to the church that I was going to at the time, and I was, and I just went in, the doors open, and I just was praying for this guy. And and the Lord was like, I want you to go see him. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I mean, talk about like this, that was my Samaria, you know, it was mm -hmm. like, I did not want to go, but there was this sense inside of me, I had to go, mm -hmm. I needed to go. And so I went looking for hospital, the hospital that he was in um I, I came in i actually went to two or three first and then i saw one more was left and i went there and the nurse was like um hey only family members are able to come in and see him and i was like oh good i was obedient yay i won you know i did the, <laughs> did the right thing i came here yeah but then all of a sudden the nurse said but you know what? I think you need to see him. And I, I got so scared, Chelsea. I was just like, oh no, my goodness. I, I think I'm the one who gave him the heart attack. As soon as you open that curtain, it's going to be lights out for this poor guy, you know? And, uh, and so, but she took me into the room, you know, I'm super uncomfortable as you mm -hmm. might imagine. And, uh, and she draws back the curtain and do you know what Joe did? The very first thing he did is he reached his hand out toward me and he said, I was hoping you would come. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, uncomfortable. I don't like it. Yeah. But this is the places where God moves sometimes, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, wow. Long story. Sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> I think that's a great place to wrap this up. I think, yeah, just, yeah, the obedience that we see Christ doing and, um, man, if he could be obedient even to death on a cross, like we can be obedient to. Yeah. So like walk yeah. into an hospital room. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little easier in crucifixion, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to God's Whole Story today. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. John 3, beginning in verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. 
Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me, when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but the people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come into the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing in Anan near Salim because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard what he, that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? 
How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Then His disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her, or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Oh, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. Luke 3.19 John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. 
You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.